Hi, this is Declan Shalvey, uh, artist, former artist of Moon Knight, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 239, and you are with your high Conchu Ray. Hello, as always. And uh, to, to top the, the beginning of this week, of course, we have an idle chat. Uh, it'll be on something a little bit old, a little bit new. It's uh, I've called it Moon Knight's Ensemble, Classic versus Modern. We're going to break it down and joining me for the very first time look he's one of the valued patroonies not only that he's a top tier patroony drew tombs so drew welcome welcome to welcome to the show pleasure to be here thanks for having me my friend excellent no, I, uh, yeah i can't wait to, to get into it um drew and i well, we've spoken online here and there uh through discord and stuff but this is the first time We'll get to chat um, and added to that face-to-face via video. So, Petronis, you'll get to see my face for radio and, uh, and the, the handsome Drew over there. Um, now, as always, uh, t- to start off the show, uh, a big thank you to the likes of yourself, Drew, the Petronis. So um, those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of the episodes, can't thank you guys enough. Um, it really does help. It's great. I mean, one of the, the first goals was to let the show be self-sustainable, and it, it certainly is doing that. But it actually, we're now at a point where it allows me to, to branch out and, and uh, get stuff like the website and hopefully some uh, some little tidbits for our cereal. So a big thank you to the likes of you, Drew, uh, Daniel, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. And where would we be without our top sponsors as well? Again, uh, Drew Toomes, uh, one of the top tier patronies. So Drew has two accounts. One's Toomes on SoundCloud, uh, which is dance uh, music produced by Drew, and lurk music is the tag on Bandcamp, so drew does a lot of horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes there drew incidentally i have i have uh trawled through that as well loving it i'm I'm gonna have to pick myself up some of it but um yeah i mean really cool music for um, i appreciate it yeah yeah um, and and i can see it's (laughs) finding its way (laughs) um filtering its way onto the show If, if i mean if you're so kind um i know that you did say that'll be that'll be okay um, oh yeah absolutely i'd love that cool cool uh so yeah go check it out patrunis on bandcamp and soundcloud also daniel doing uh no stranger to the show as well he is a creator and cosplayer and his character fringe knight an original indie comic based on erie pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero finally dreamland comics from illinois the superhero superstore so drew um, a massive welcome to the show uh, again for loonies that may not have the video, Drew is sporting a, a Moon Knight a la Ellis, a la Shelv. Oh, and Drew's also got the Shang-Chi happening. Pass it up. Excellent. Have you, have <laughs> I didn't you know they added this on here, so. <laughs> have you seen it? Twice. Twice. So I'm I'm taking you do like it then. <laughs> then. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Have you read the comics or? So, yeah, I actually dove into some of his stuff around when the movie was announced. Um, 
just I it's one of those characters I've known about and never actually read any of and I just mm-hmm. I like the whole kung fu thing, but it was never really like my thing movie wise mm-hmm. as a kid. So uh, I didn't really ever think to jump into it. And um, actually reading some of the old Moon Knight, knowing that Mensch had a hand in uh, early Shang-Chi, uh, that was another big driver into checking it out. And I, I haven't finished any of his arcs besides, I think, one of the 2021s that they just did. With, oh, like, yeah. Sister, like Sister Hammer thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, yeah, I read a bunch of the old stuff, and I was really surprised by how much I liked it. So yeah. I actually went into the movie way more excited than I initially thought I was going to be. Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, like I, I really enjoyed uh, the Shang Chi comics as well. Um, the the Doug Mensch run, Paul Galacy run, is is absolutely awesome. Um, I I'm part of a group on Facebook for for Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and. <laughs> Understandably, there's a little bit of a um, a reaction to the movie because it it is literally, you know, night and day with the actual comic, the early '70s comics. Um, yeah, we... it's funny. I, I kind of wished the comics. I well, obviously I don't wish they were anything. They they were what they needed to be. But yeah. uh, I, it'd be kind of cool to have it to have those old comics incorporate so much of the fantasy stuff mm. that the movie pulled from. And I think it's super cool what the movie did with all the fantasy aspects. I think it's one of the big things that stick, makes it stick out. But it's yeah. also kind of wild how much they embellished, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the film as well, too. I mean, I think I was always going to like it. Um, I was convincing myself it was going to be cool. But it, it did exceed my expectations, and I thought... Right. Um, I, I was, again, trying not to... I don't know if we should do spoilers or not, but I... Um, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised by the final act, and I, I know a lot of uh, other people. Again, that's a, a sticking point with some people, um, but the mm-hmm. kung fu action was awesome. Uh, Simi Liu was was great. Uh, Aquafina, yep. Tony Leung for me was the the standout as the as the villain. So um, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, so oh, yeah, it, we could we could talk about Zhang Chi <laughs> all day. Yeah, as that'll well. take up for that. I could do. I could fill a whole episode just talking about yeah. that film alone. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm so glad that you watched it twice. I uh, let's let's just say I sailed the high seas because we're in lockdown here in Australia, so um, can't mm. see it in the cinemas. Uh, but I saw it. I watched it on a, on a small smart device. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to it being released on Disney Plus Day, uh, streaming on Disney Plus because I got that. So I, I can't wait to watch it again and again. It it to me, it's kind of like um, I see it already as kind of like a comfort film, similar to how. Um, Ant Man is to me. I don't know if you like Ant Man or not, but you I kind of I, I love Ant Man, and it's yeah, yeah. it's one of those. It's I've noticed it, this is getting. It's interesting you call like comfort film as far as Marvel stuff goes because yeah, Ant Man's one of the same things. The people who dislike it dislike it seemingly because it's too simple or mm. uh, there's not enough going on. But like it's an origin story for a character people didn't know about. So exactly, like, just accept it for what it is. I'm, everybody I know who had any gripes with Shang-Chi where people were saying like, oh, it's just following the Marvel uh, cookie, cookie cutter mar- formula. And, and I was like, yeah, but it's an origin story. You're not going to see a revolutionary film. You're going to no. see a character you don't know about. And like, that's yeah. sometimes you want to have a movie that's not old, like end game level complex. You want to just mm. enjoy what's. Yeah. I, I sometimes feel that maybe we as consumers, there are some consumers wanting to have a product that redefines 
you know the the industry each and every time I mean, we don't we don't need that i mean i i call it popcorn films as well i mean they're just as essential and they're fun and exactly like these origin tales um you just mm-hmm. they're for fun and they're different i mean we've got a different aspect of the mcu now uh it, it's got that obviously the the martial arts slant to it and you see later on towards the end of the movie again not really a spoiler but tao lao which is um like a, mm-hmm. a fictitious kind of city, which is great. I, I think it's it's good. But um, anyway, I'm glad that you have the ten rings behind you there, Drew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't know if I want my room behind me, but then I popped. It. I don't have anything saved, so I popped it open, and this is on there. So that's it. That's it. That, that, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, so as mentioned, we're just gonna look. Look, I had a little quick troll for news. Uh, there's really not. It's a bit quiet on the on the Moon Knight front for news, so there's not much there. Um, I think we've covered the December solicits uh, in a previous episode, so there's some comic book news, some variant covers released. Uh, We've kind of covered that. I haven't seen that. There's none... There are no more additional ones that I know of, so um, that's all kind of covered. TV-wise, you know, I think they've pretty much wrapped up, um, very close to wrapping up Moon Knight. Uh, So, as mentioned in our previous episode... Um, with Rebecca and Chad, uh, there might be potential, Drew, of of um, seeing maybe a trailer or a teaser on Disney Plus Day. I'm really hoping we do. I think that'd be. I think it'd be fantastic. And with the comic run happening right now and doing as well as it is, I think they'd be silly to not get do do something. Mm, yeah, I mean, because we've the obvious one for them to leak as far as like the yeah. more obscure characters they got coming. Well, what did you think of that? Uh, just uh, get your thoughts in on that uh, that costume that was leaked from Moon Knight. What was your so, first reaction? Your first reaction to it? My initial reaction, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. But immediately, I have that like that weird part of your brain that thinks that you need it to be what you expected it to be. <laughs> and uh, of course, seeing it on Facebook immediately, followed by comments, you start immediately taking other people's comments of people saying like, this is trash. Why does it look yeah. like this? And and then I started thinking, you know what, maybe this kind of sucks. And, <laughs> and then I looked at it like two hours later and I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a really yeah. cool rendition of it. And, uh, especially if it's, you know, a, an early, an early version of the costume or something like that, or if yeah. it's not even his costume, it's like a, a Kanshu thing or, yeah. uh, something he's fighting against. But yeah, I ended up thinking it was really cool either way. I'd be okay with him having that as a first version of his costume before he learns how to start building it and refining it. Yeah. No, look, I mean, as well, like listeners who, who've listened to previous episodes would know my my thoughts on it as well. It is interesting. Yeah, my initial reaction was like, if this is fake, it's it's pretty good. Like, it's, yeah, like, it's I, I was... Really tr- <laughs> yeah. fake. I don't... It's, yeah. it's strange. Because if it's fake, that's for somebody... Who, Put I put together a pretty damn cool costume That's for a no very reason. Good, a very good costume, and so I just remember going through thinking that, and then uh, I was told, yeah, the person that leaked it is has been fired or found out, and all that. So it's like, oh, okay, maybe it is real. But then, then my mind leapt to, okay, but people love are loving the costume, and I think it's good as well. But I, I just don't see it as a a day to day costume for Moon Knight. So yeah, I don't in? definitely don't think it would be the one that he ends up in at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which would be, which, you know, would be it would be fantastic, but at the same time, a little bit like, oh, geez, you smelly bastard! Like you right. these rags on. <laughs> you know, if, if you if you know the character, you know it would be cool in the context of the first 
couple episodes, but if he was still wearing that by the time he starts interacting with criminals in New York, it would be really weird. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, no, interesting, interesting thought. Other than that, there's just not been too much, um, I don't know, that I could ask you about your thoughts on. There's that little bit of footage that we saw, you know, just someone leaping on wires, yeah, I obviously. That, yeah. I thought that was cool, and it was weird. The first couple times I saw it, I saw comments about like, oh, his cape is, looks so cool, and mm-hmm. and so I started looking closer. And I was like, I, you, I don't see a cape. What are yeah, people? Yeah. They use CGI those in CGI. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I thought it was cool. If that's if that's footage of him leaping and mm-hmm. essentially beating the shit out of someone, I'm super down for it. So, <laughs> and and look, in in lieu of maybe a lack of current um, news, just before we get onto our theme. Through what I'm doing now, just I, I just want to get a snapshot of all your thoughts of, of what's what's come out before. So, um, as you said, yeah. So the the costume, the video, um, any thoughts on uh, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe both being in Hungary? Um, I think well, one I was really excited about both of those things. Um, the Ruffalo thing, as like a comic fan, uh, I. I thought it was awesome, but I wasn't sure how it would make sense. And mm-hmm. I ended up reading like a really interesting article. I can't remember where it was posted, but somebody did an article about how it could make sense to bring Ruffalo in based on the fact that he's dealing with his own form of DID mm-hmm. with the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, somebody, the, the theory was something along the lines of him becoming aware of Moon Knight turning into a thing. And, approaching him to kind of talk to him about what he's dealing with because he's dealing with the same thing, which would be really cool. And it'd be a way for Disney to tie in a really popular character with one that needs a little bit of a push maybe. Mm -hmm. But uh, ultimately I don't know. I don't think it would be necessarily needed, but I I would be super into it. But then I got kind of bummed because when I saw the Willem Dafoe thing, I thought that was awesome. And somebody pointed out immediately, granted it was just a comment on a picture somewhere. I don't know what truth there was behind it, but their comment said that Willem Dafoe is filming a separate movie that Mark Ruffalo is in in oh, Budapest, oh. and they were all staying at the same hotel, so it was just coincidental okay. that that they're all involved in Marvel. Which then got my head spinning, and I was like, you know, we're gonna with how many Marvel properties are coming out, hmm. we're gonna start seeing this sort of like tabloid stuff pop up nonstop. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. every actor in Hollywood is going to be in some Marvel property. That's right. That... <laughs> We're constantly going to be having pictures of people together in yeah. different countries. And it's like, oh, this this yeah. person confirmed in this movie for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, also as well, we're thinking, oh, so that explains, you know, Willem Dafoe and, and Ruffalo, if there is a film. But at the same time, I, I really want it to be a thing. Like, oh, I'd yeah. Be super stoked if Green Goblin for some reason was in there. <laughs> I mean, I can see the Hulk as well. Um, not only that, you know, with the DRD kind of connection, but um, he's kind of like one of the last ones left, right? You know, Iron Man's gone, kept one of the big ones left. You know, so you got Thor, and more so the the, yeah. the organizational one left. Nobody's yeah. really nobody's yeah. really keeping stuff organized and together anymore. Yeah, exactly. So he's really kind of the linchpin. I mean, they want to, uh, from what I understand, they want to get Doctor Strange in and Captain Marvel to kind of uh, consolidate the team the next wave of Avengers, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Hulk has been there since day one, so uh, it's, uh, it's he's got the most weight, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, so also, uh, what else was I going to say? The comics, then. Let's jump to the comics. Um, 
have you been enjoying? Have you been reading Jed McKay, Alessandro Capuccio's? Yeah, I, I'm, yep. I'm really enjoying it, especially yep. after the third one. I thought the things that they that the things that they're proposing with the third issue, yep. as far as uh, the history of Kanshu, mm-hmm. now that he's possibly a real thing, or I guess he is a real thing if he's being held prisoner. Yes. Um, yeah, all of the stuff that they're alluding to with there being past Moon Knights. I'm also reading the current Kang run. And oh, uh, yes. after issue two of Kang, spoiler alert, you know, mm-hmm. they alluded to Ravona Renslayer being one of the original Moon Knights in a long line of Moon Knights. And mm-hmm. if if McKay somehow is, is in cahoots with whoever's writing, I forget who's writing the Kang run, but, uh, yeah. you know, if they're trying to keep that universal, this whole concept of a, a lineage of Moon Knights being a thing and Mark for some reason being special and being the one who didn't want it. Yep. Uh, I think that's incredibly cool and super interesting. But yeah. and, they, and I feel like they really started touching on that in issue number three during like some of uh during some of Moon what's Hunter's Moon's Hunter's like Moon. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, again, I, I now I'm seeing people theorizing that Hunter's Moon's just like a new personality, and he yeah, might that's... just he might be a new personality of Marx that's losing control, trying uh-huh. to rein him back in. That, that's and if that's theory. the case, then that throws out some of the history. So who knows? Yeah, oh, we're just gonna have to wait and see. But um, yeah, and of course you are reading it because I, I do see you, of course, on, on the Discord channel, um, Discord server, uh, in our spoiler section. So again, loonies, uh, we have a Discord channel. Just you can go there. You can talk as much spoilery stuff as you want. Um, but yeah, you do. Drew's there, you, you posted up a couple of things there. Um, yeah, fantastic issue. I thought I uh, really good. Um, and what just precedes, uh, this episode, 239, 238, we've actually just gone through, um, a, a review of, of issue three, uh, with a lot of feedback. So, uh, if you haven't listened to that, um, go jump on that as well. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's a really good series. And also Drew and, and everyone else, uh, I'm not too sure. I've posted it on our social media page as well. So we'll be chatting with Jed McKay again um, very soon. Uh, if you have any questions, um, please leave them. We can go ask Jed. Uh, we're just going to cover a, a recap of issues one to three with Jed. Um, and if there was anything, Drew, that you could think of to ask Jed, what what would it be? Maybe, you know... Uh, is... Let him let him know that I... I've read the uh, first issue of the new Doctor Strange today, and I'm really excited to see what he's doing with that because okay. that was that was a great start. And yeah. to to have him writing the current Moon Knight, and they're my two favorite characters, Moon Knight and Strange. So oh, to have wow. him, who was quickly becoming my favorite Marvel writer, doing yeah. both of those runs at the same time, like well, that's such a treat every month. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I really want to start diving into some of his like Black Cat stuff. Oh, he's Black Cat. St- Cat stuff is great. His Taskmaster stuff is great. I've got, I've got to say, because um, I, I haven't been, obviously, reading his stuff since he's been at Marvel, but I've, I've read his earlier stuff, um, and uh, it was Man uh, Man Without Fear. It was a Daredevil uh, limited series. And I've got to say, I, I, you know, I thought it was okay, <laughs> but, mm. um, but for me, he's really kind of improved in leaps and bounds, and he's really kind of amped up. Uh, from Black Cat onwards, uh, his storytelling I think is really tight and really he's, he's got great ideas as well. He can you know, he testament to to Moon Knight three or the Moon Knight series itself. So, um, and he he obviously 
pays reverence to the source material because one of the things I love about his run so far is uh, the references, constant references to the previous runs, which is great. And they're not in-your-face spelled-out references no. most of the time either. They're no. just there. And yeah. he's so his Moon Knight run is the first of his work that I've read. And uh, hopping over to the first issue of, of Death of Doctor Strange today, it's the same with the Strange. You know, I I'm rereading the Damnation series right now, <laughs> uh, and I've read a couple things in and around there. And yeah. there's references that he's popped all over very tastefully throughout that first issue mm-hmm. of uh, of that that alludes to things in Damnation. And yep. he has bats, uh, you know, bats the dog still hanging around, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just cool because like you can, it's a different vibe than the Moon Knight, but you can tell it's his writing, and it's the same kind of reference work. Uh, uh, Damnation, I think there's Donny Cates though. So no, no, I'm talking about like the way that he references Damnation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh Doctor yeah, Strange. yeah, it's yeah. very reminiscent of how he handles the, the throwbacks to, uh, you know, in the Moon Knight yeah. series. So. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see how he keeps doing that. It makes me want to read more and more of his work. Yeah. He clearly knows how to like do his research before writing this stuff instead of just throwing the book out the window and making new stuff up. Which, I, I you know, it, you and me are just testament alone. It's something that I think fans appreciate. I mean, I certainly do. It's just really nice little nods. And that's why I kind of like the Ellis run as well, the, the T-shirt that you're wearing now, um, mm-hmm. Drew. Uh, he did it in a lot more subtle way, I think, Warren Ellis, but... Uh, and maybe not as much, but every now and again he'd put in little bits um, that harked back to the Mensch run, and it's like mm-hmm. this dude knows, you know, he's actually done the research. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, the same could be said for Jed, and I, I really, yeah, really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're loving it. You're loving the um, issues one to three. I was about to say it's funny uh, the damnation that you damnation you raised because uh, you <laughs> had that comment on on uh, on Discord. Fair enough. I mean, of course. Um, uh, well, was... yeah, I mean, that's that's how I found Moon Knight initially. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'd known the character. Uh, I thought the name was cool. Uh, yep. uh, when they announced Disney. Uh, you know, I was going on a shtick for a while where I I, I didn't read comics much as, when I was younger because uh, it wasn't that I couldn't get them or afford them. It was the keeping track of them and having mm. to go every month to pick them up. The physical part of it I just couldn't keep up with. But yep. I finally caught on to the Marvel Unlimited app, and I've just been – gorging on yeah. you know, content and uh it was turning into a thing where if the character got announced in marvel that i wanted to know about i'd go find series and read them mm-hmm. uh yeah i just never looked up any on moon knight and i happened to pick up damnation because of dr strange and i saw all the other characters that were in that so i was like yeah. well this is this is like tailored to specifically to my taste <laughs> and that was at the time when i thought moon knight was like i thought he was deadpoolish because of the memes mm-hmm. and things i i had that in my head that that's how moon knight was so yeah Yep. Uh, I was so intrigued by this guy in white and why he was so weird. And yeah, uh, so I finally went and started reading Moon Knight and uh, it was very different and much more in line with what I wanted him to be like. So, yeah, that, but yeah so- going back and re- going back and rereading Damnation after yeah. t- after going through all of Moon Knight and seeing how he is written, I was just like, dude, what? this is rough. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really silly. But I mean, it's so cool, though, because I think actually... Back when we covered Damnation, I think around that time, we were all speculating, oh, it'd be interesting, like, if someone, for someone who came on board to Moon Knight, if they came on board through Damnation, what it would be like. And, and you you are the guy, <laughs> because it's kind of like, because it's so different from what he is. And, like, would that put people off? You know, w- um, what would, yeah, what would make you 
want to like would you then be disappointed if you went and read the mench run and all the other runs and go oh this is not the guy in damnation you know that sort of thing so right yeah well yeah it was i mean i'll make it quick but like my my journey with the character has just been so interesting because when i got sucked in uh via damnation i started looking up uh and actually shout out to moon knight core for having that sticky post on their page saying like Mm, what their suggested reads are Mm -hmm. and uh Sorry. Um, you know, the, the top one on there and the top one that most people suggest is is the bottom. So I started there and I loved it. I thought yes. it was one of the greatest things I ever read, but I didn't know who half the people were. Mm-hmm. And I I knew that there was something going on that led him to be that because I knew that just from seeing artwork that he wasn't always that fucked up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just was like, you know what? I have this this app now. I can read any of it. So I went mm-hmm. back to the beginning and I read all of it that I could nice. get to, like pretty much all of it. And uh, it made the impact of getting to the bottom hit so hard mm. when you've read the entire 20 plus years beforehand. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, yeah. so by the time I got back to Damnation, after really experiencing <laughs> all of it, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Let, let the dude have a weird, wacky adventure, I yeah, guess. yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, you, you know, that it's come and gone and, and it hasn't had too much of an impact. And it is what it is. Damnation as well, anyway, for me, I love that. I mean, just we, we'll get onto the the, uh, the theme, loonies, don't worry. But um, just, you know, <laughs> uh, with Damnation, I, I love the tie-ins. I thought all the tie-ins were, were fantastic. The Doctor Strange ones were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Scarlet Spider actually got me back into Ben Riley. Uh, that was really well written, I thought, by one of my favorite writers, Peter David. Uh, the well, it's got one... me interested in Scarlet Spider, yeah. who I didn't know anything about before. Yeah, well, how, how cool is that? Um, and, and Iron Fist was good as well. And there was only that one Ghost Rider one, but that was a big thing because that actually brought Johnny Blaze onto the throne in Hell. And, well, um, so what's yeah. really cool, I was actually talking with my my partner about this today, uh, is I'm reading the actual like physical collection. And when I read it initially, um, it was in the Unlimited app. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, the Unlimited app only has the comics that are specifically Damnation itself. But there are offshoot issues that are like, a ghostwriter issue that is telling what happened during damnation. So uh, the whole the whole issue where he's like talking with the spirit of vengeance and mm-hmm. they're going to hell to actually claim the throne. Yeah. Um that wasn't in the list that I read in the app. Oh, so Okay. You just you hopped around and then all of a sudden Johnny's on the throne and you're it's yeah. implied that happened. Uh, so it's pretty cool reading through the physical and actually mm. seeing all that cuz I thought the ghostwriter issue if anything's ever made me want to read more Ghost Rider, it's watching yep. him hang out with the, the spirit of vengeance and, and like team up to be, you know, hell's ass. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that was. I mean, again, like I said, I think most of those um, tie-ins like, were just really good. The Ghost Rider one, I really enjoyed. It's a shame that there was only a lot there. The one of it, um, but yeah, uh, and and the core. I've got to read. I've got to reread it. I've got to reread um, Damnation, and and I've got to make my peace with with uh, the way Donny <laughs> Cates has portrayed Moon Knight, but, um, and and re kind of understand it. I mean, the big takeaway was, was Mephisto being imprisoned, right? I, I think then he's been imprisoned for a while in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, so... Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. That's a, that's a nice roundabout way of um, so how Drew's kind of gotten into into Moon Knight. Um, and as, as I've said before as well, many people come in different ways through the games, 
um, through the animation even as well, like on Spider-Man. Um, he's, he's featured a few times there. Um, yeah, that's something I've been wanting to dive into since I never really watched. I mean, I watched X-Men yep. cartoons as a kid, but I, I didn't like keep up with them. I just thought they were cool. So I yep. forget how much apparently really solid animation there is for Marvel stuff. And uh, yeah, every ones. every snippet I've seen of, the, of Moon Knight's appearances and some of uh, the old Spider-Man cartoons, it looks like it'd be a lot of fun to dive yeah. into. Well, look, I, I'm no... Uh, obviously, my accent gives it away, so I'm, I'm not American. Um, one, uh, one of the Moon Knight appearances is in uh, Avengers Assembled at Secret Wars, um, and he, he's voiced by Gideon Emery, who apparently has a very heavy Chicago accent. Now, now Drew, you're from Chicago as well. Um, I, I am. I can't... Do you have... I mean, I can't tell now. Do you have a Chicago accent? Is that different from... Well, so, I only moved down here four years ago. I, I okay. was living in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin before, which is just like an hour and a half north of here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but from what I'm told, there is a collective Midwestern accent, and okay. then certain areas of Wisconsin get we- much weirder and, like, northern-sounding. <laughs> Right. Uh, and I guess I guess there's a Chicago accent, but I've just been around a hodgepodge of it for so long okay. that I don't know what it sounds like. All right. Well, if you're going to watch the animated series, watch the Secret Wars one. It's where Moon Knight okay. um, is. He's on Battleworld. Anyway, Gideon Emery apparently has got a. I think it's Gideon Emery. He's got a. He's got a. Apparently a Chicago accent. <laughs> so, Perfect. <laughs> anyway, so let's let's get into uh, just you know what we usually do on Idle Chats as well. Again, so if you if you haven't listened too much at the top of the week, usually just have a bit of a chin wag uh, and usually set a topic. Uh, and I wanted to get your thoughts, Drew. Like we, we know now that you, you're up to speed with the Jed McKay run issues one and three. Now, one of the distinct differences, uh, and we've mentioned this in the previous episode, is Moon Knight's ensemble, his support cast. Now, Moon Knight is not Moon Knight in the classic sense without your, your, your Crawleys, your Frenchies, your Marlene's, your, your Jenna and, and Ricky and Ray. Um, Jed McKay has, uh, has not used them yet, uh, but he has established another, a new ensemble cast. So, um, initially, I guess, what are your thoughts on when you were reading issues one to three? Did that stick out to you? Are you hoping there's more of that or how do you find the new cast? Uh, I'm trying to think of how to put this. Like when I uh, when I started this new arc, so it's well, we're on issue three, so we're three months in. Um, I was still not finished with so my whole like run through all of Moon Knight mm-hmm. uh, because I was doing it um, chronologically, and, and mm-hmm. before I'd just been picking runs here and there that I enjoyed. Um, so when I first started it, I was a little bummed at zero mention of of the cast that I'd been so used to for the last, you know, 20 years of, of books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did really like the ones that he brought in and how they were brought in. Uh, but as I've caught up and finished all of the stuff that I'd missed in between, because I just had never read, um, like, I didn't read the, the uh, what's his name, the 24th? I didn't read the Ellis oh, run. Until, yeah. yeah, I didn't read all of it until relatively recently. Okay. Uh, and I never read the Bemis run. And uh, once you've kind of uh, like reestablished that he has kind of lost everybody and he has purposefully removed himself from everyone that was around him, mm-hmm. it makes them not being there in McKay's run make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes his isolation feel 
like actually much more powerful. Like when you realize he isn't, it's not like lazy writing or somebody who just mm-hmm. wanted to create a new cast. Like Mark really has shut himself off from everybody he cares about. Yeah. And it's really sad when you like remember that he did that on purpose because yeah. it kind of seems like they just forgot when really that's what he's been working towards for a while. Actually, you raise a really, a really good point there. Um, and, and it was staring us all in the face, but you're right. One of the recurring themes for Mark Spector is this pushing away of his, you know, this, I mean, you only have to look at the bottom as well. And, um, and, uh, and through the, uh, Houston and then through the Benson run throughout those, uh, those issues, uh, 30 issues, I think, um, of him just really pushing away at his, at his, um, you know, his friends, uh, French right, has exactly. a very, yeah. Even down to small, small support cast like Samuels. Uh, yep. I don't remember when it happened, but uh, I, I, it was somewhere between the end of Houston. I, I want to say it was somewhere in the Benson stuff. Yep. I don't remember, but there's some part where like he's basically tearing down the mansion and telling Samuels that he's done. Yep. And I didn't remember any of that happening. But mm-hmm. as I was doing all of these rereads, I was like, he's really dismantling everything on purpose. Yeah. He 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 if you really go back and pay attention he slowly got rid of everyone so he would stop hurting people yeah and absolutely. it's really you know it's it's really a bummer uh when you realize when he's just sitting eating chinese food with reese like mm. he's being really sincere because he doesn't he doesn't have any of his other friends around anymore yeah you're right it's a very it's a very sad thing i mean it was touched upon um, only a little uh in the bemis run i can think he does catch up with frenchie but uh, even that's like, very sparse, um, and it, mm-hmm. and in the Lemire run, um, there. I mean that that's a different kettle official together anyway. Um, <laughs> with right, with I'm him, still so. not sure if he was interacting with any of those. Yep, cast of characters in real life in that run. Yeah, so and you... a part of me thinks he never reconnected with them after that run because mm. of what happened during those whatever that was he was going through. If it was all yeah. hallucinated or otherwise, I. Yeah. I feel like he just didn't want to bring any of that on them and to begin with, so he hasn't tried to reach out to them or something. I don't know. Yeah. So you can even backtrack it even then to, say, just, just say prior to um, to the Houston run 2006, um, 98, uh, around 98 was um, R- Resurrection War uh, and uh, and High Strangers, those miniseries. There's at least a relationship there with Marlene. So we're talking about 20 years you know that Marx mm-hmm. had these troubles with his with his cast, um, and I don't know. There's of course there's a lot of a, the classic um, want from from like, you know I'd love to see Frenchie, but I always love to say I've got time for Frenchie. He's good, um, but right. I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying this new cast. And, and as you say, I, it's no in no way lazy writing from Jed McKay. I think he's he's picked up on something there, um, and he's he's just trying to distance distance himself. I mean that's why he's yeah, done the Midnight Mission. I started, yeah. I started thinking to myself like. Damn, I really miss Crawley. Mm. But like, if he just popped up and was doing Crawley stuff, it you know would that feel kind of forced? Would it feel like mm. he popped him in there because he felt like he needed to? Uh, so I, it's going to be cool to see if he does work them in there. How he does it now that like I'm I've grown to understand it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was definitely shocking at first, and we don't know any of these characters well enough. They're not like touching Frenchie or Marlene or mm. any of that. But uh, I think the way he's introduced it without being overly like heavy handed about it is yep. pretty well done. 
And so if we are to kind of look at, and, and again, granted we're only three issues in, um, uh, if we're to kind of look at comparisons between the two, uh, so we have Reese, who is a vampire that he saved. Again, so very different, right, to a scenario. It's not like you can say, oh, this is exactly a, a mirror copy of Frenchie, because Frenchie was a brother in arms. Um, that, right, that I'm glad friendship. the characters don't, he's not like, oh, this is the stand-in for Frenchie, mm. or oh, now we have, like, Soldier happens to have kooky stoner humor. <laughs> that would have just, yeah. it would have been obnoxious at that point. It's really good that he didn't try that. Yeah, no, exactly. And and I find Reese quite, I mean, to be fair, out of all the ensemble, she's been worked on the most so far by, by Jed. Um, mm-hmm. so, and she's quite interesting as well. I mean, she, she uh, approaches, well, for the premise of issue three and, and, you know, I don't want to get too much into the issue in case you haven't read it, listeners, but um, she approaches Mark, Mr. Knight, about something uh, that um, questions her faith or a faith in him or um, a mm-hmm. trust in him. Uh, so there's that. Again, he's, what a run of bad luck for Mark. You know, he just can't seem to have uh, someone that, um, you know, that they're just good friends and there's there's no issues at all. But then again, I guess that's life. You're not going to have that all the time. Right. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long we'd last just reading about. You know what? Actually, I would be down to just read a, a run where it's just Mark in the Midnight Mission accomplishing things successfully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but, but Reese is good. I can't wait to see her in action if ever she does get in action. Um, the the closest link I had to her with Frenchie was again issue three. Moon Knight's got his Mike Cowl happening, and he and he's talking to Reese through that. Um, yeah, seeing him do the whole cornball like Mike Calhoun do you read yeah, me that yeah. was kind of a nice throwback <laughs> that was a nice throwback yeah um but she's she seems to be the um for the want of a term from say Spider-Man Homecoming she's the guy behind the computer <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. she's a she's the um yeah the the person man in the chair the man in the chair that's a good that's a <laughs> one um so no she's quite interesting I, I think she's got enough there to to really work on um soldier I find uh I'm glad they brought him back from issue two. Uh, as I mentioned, I think to the others, a guy with a name like Soldier, he's, he's got to be some sort of recurring character. So, But we don't know yeah. too much about him yet. Yeah, and they haven't had time to really do anything with it, but I'm curious to see if he ends up being like a fleshed-out character for sure. Mm. Well, but has... I assumed if they brought him back, they were going to like yeah do more with him in the future too. Yeah, I mean, he's got that military, I guess... Um, he does, doesn't he? Did I get that right? Yeah, he, he, yeah he's, he's he got a... he was he was ex-military or something. Yeah. So I feel like he could be like he's clearly hanging out with the Midnight Mission now. So I hope yeah, that he could, yeah. he was like extra muscle for him or something. Mm. But he has that common thread, I guess, with Mark, ex-soldier. Yeah, yeah. So there's plenty to explore there, I think, as well. Um, now the others are very scant. I mean, they appeared in issue one, um, and again popped up issue three. Terry. A throwaway name, one of the other vampires. Who, okay, I, I I read the, I read all three issues more than once. Yeah, who's I can't remember who Terry is? I well, at the very beginning, um, the opening scene in the van when um Reese gets saved, like she and two others have been turned by these vampires. And, okay, um, so he's a vampire too. Yeah, so those three, and there's Got the other it, guy. Okay. Yeah, and there's the I other... recognized his look, but I couldn't. I never remember the name Terry. So I, I on my third read through, I was like, "Why don't I remember who this dude has <laughs> done something before?" That makes it, sense. He was it, just the guy sitting next to her. He could well, you know, 
have not had a name at that stage when Jed wrote, you know, that first issue. So maybe issue three was the first time we heard of Terry. Um, Chad mentioned the other guy's name, Shannon. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> check that out. Soon. And he was one of the other guys in the van too. Yeah. So he was the other guy. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So in issue three, Reese and the other guy, I'll call him Shannon. Um, they, they're looking in shock as Moon Knight's like beating, um, uh, Hunter's <laughs> Moon. Yeah. 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 So, um, so there's, there's the trio of vampires. I'm not sure whether Terry or the other one, Shannon, um, will, will gain any, any legs. Um, but issue four, the solicits for the cover, I thought there's a little bit of a stand in for Marlene. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Tiger. That's the cover with a tiger, right? <laughs> yeah. Old yeah. flame. So I don't know. Um, have you read much of the West Coast Avengers stuff, the earlier stuff? See that. So what I said, I read through everything sequentially. Mm-hmm. The West Coast Avengers I dipped into, and uh, it was partially a fault of laziness, partially a fault of the way the Unlimited app has things arranged. But mm-hmm. um, I was just trying to read the ones that he was involved with specifically. Uh, and then I wanted to find the ones that were about that whole Tigra romance. Yeah. And I, I think I just got sidetracked and got like, I didn't get bored, but I just wanted to get back to reading his arcs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's something I need to go back and dive into because oh, I yeah. really like the ones I read, like the one where he's fighting Tor, is it Taurus? Taurus, yeah, on the plane. Yeah, I yeah. really like that one. Him and yeah. Hawkeye yelling at each other. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Shroud gets a, he's in there as well. I think he pops up. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because the this this love that they have for each other, Moon Knight and Tigra, it's very much like Tigra, literally kind of like on heat. <laughs> she um, yeah, <laughs> she just kind of and and it's only a couple of panels really. I don't think there's really much. You don't see much to it. She forces herself on him um, and kisses him, and uh, even God then, we're I... continuously bringing up references to it. In yeah. The future. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that's that's that's, that's a fun thing for them to bring back. I'm excited to see what he does with it. Exactly, um, because we know what he's done to the past. And again, so this little nod to the past. I'm, I can't wait to see what Jed does. It, it's I'm assuming she pops into the Midnight Mission and maybe has a an adventure for for Moon Knight to join in on. And it might. That's be what on. I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah. they go they they go out toe to toe with each other against something. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll be fun. The, the cover looks pretty good, so um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, mm. And, yeah, I, th- I think, I don't know, we don't have a... I mean, he hasn't gone really to any other location. Midnight Mission is where all the action seems to be hanging around, so it's not like yeah. he, he functions the same way with... See, we're missing, again, Jake and Steven as well, so we don't have Jake, the cabbie, going to a diner and meeting up with Jenna. And her and, and her and her sons, so we're missing that um, dynamic. But yeah, as we said, th- there's there's a new kind of dynamic that Jed has given um, with uh, yeah with with this new cast. Well, it's kind of cool. I don't you know I don't know how often I've seen this personally. It's kind of cool watching um, an established character that you've spent so much time with yep. uh, building a new cast of characters and having it not feel forced or mm. uncomfortable. Um, because I'm sure there are runs where characters have died off and they just start popping in replacements, but you don't have any, I don't know. It's a, we, we're not given any explicit reasons to care about Reese and these vampires and soldier, but I think that's part of why we're interested in them is we're not yeah. feeling like they're, they're not being shoved in our faces, yep. uh, but they're not replacements for other characters. So I think it's, 
it's going to be really fun to get to watch, a, you know, Moon Knight, who we know so well, get to know these new people, yeah. especially as someone whose whole thing is driving people away from him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is pretty ballsy of Jed McKay to actually do this, you know what I mean? Because you could incite a lot of anger in, in, in Moon Knight fans are like, where, where is Frenchie and Crawley and stuff? But I think he's done it. He's done it in a very considered way. Um, and as you say, um, you know, there's enough there to actually, at least at the moment for me, Reese is is the the most yeah. interesting one. Uh, her interactions with Mister Knight, but um, you know, I want to see, yeah, like I said, more on Soldier. I'm not sure about the other the other vampires, but he's slowly building a cast, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I've got full faith. I think you know, hopefully, we'll we'll get um, more development over the next three issues to end the first arc. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see for sure. I'd like to see Reese getting in there and getting on the streets. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> like seeing her fully embrace the whole vampire thing. Yeah, because yep, yeah, there's that mention in issue two about Moon Knight. He gives her a bit of a pep talk as well, like, um, your physiology, uh, physiology, your genetic code is that of a predator. Uh, why don't you use that against your enemies? You know, and she sees right. it as a as a crutch. You know, I've got to I've got to drink blood, and uh, you know, I've, I've got this curse. And Mr. Nice, like, no, no, look, I've got this this curse as well. Like with Conchu, I'm using right. it. I'm focusing. It's how so, you learn to live with it. Yeah. So I'm hoping we see that with Reese. Um, yeah, for sure. Any any other final thoughts on on this uh, on this uh, no, I, topic? I mean, yeah, just like like we both said, it's it's been cool seeing how uh, accepted they've been, and like you said, uh, there could have been any number of that it was a ballsy move. It could have had a lot of backlash. And yeah. um, I think one of the most telling things was after I read the first issue, um, hopping on to Moon Knight Core or hopping mm-hmm. on to the ITK pages. And and I remember somebody pointing out, because I, I think like sub, like subliminal, or not subliminally, like subconsciously, I was expecting to hop online and see a bunch of people really heated about the missing cast. Yeah. And, and I saw somebody point out, uh, in one of the posts somewhere, you know, hundreds of comments of people mm-hmm. saying positive things, talking about plot points and talking about these new characters. And somebody hours and hours into this thread was <laughs> like, it's really says something that I'm not seeing anybody talking about mm. the lack of our original cast. Yep. Yep. Because I didn't see almost any of it. There was almost nobody even like it was such a full it's been such a full fun arc so far that mm. there's been too busy to even flesh out the new people fully let alone bring yeah. up all of the you know all of his old friends at the same time it would be too much yes yeah. uh, and again I, I put that down to the skill of, of jed mckay so he, he's certainly one of my favorite writers currently as well um he just yeah very very well crafted stories um well with that loonies we're just going to go to a short break uh when we come back we're going to wrap up our idle chat uh we just got a bit of feedback and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll sound out this this uh, episode. So catch you soon. Hey everyone, this is Brian, the host of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And since 2017, Inner Demons has been the best place on the web for news, reviews, and regular discussion with our listeners about Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider. You can find us on Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers, as well as on Twitter, at InnerDemonsGR. Remember, listening to your Inner Demons is not always a bad thing. Ride on. Ride on. 
Hi, this is Al of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast and proud member of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. This is episode 239, and you're with your high pressure country, Ray, and joining with me, uh, joining me is is drew tombs uh Yo. so hey drew uh so we've got just got a couple of bits of feedback uh this is just feedback on random uh episodes and such uh so we just got a couple from youtube um and uh drew would you like to take the first one yeah sure this is uh in response to episode 237 understanding did part two by cmk7 Another fascinating and enlightening installment, guys. I was so engrossed with this episode, it flew by for me. Again, a great thanks to Lena for sharing these insights and supplying those elegant metaphors to help us get an even clearer picture of this condition. I can't wait to hear Lena's evaluation of the Bendis run. And Chad is so right on. I can list so many examples of Moon Knight clearly displaying bursts of superhuman ability before and after the Fist of Khonshu run despite people saying he has been since depowered. Yeah, that's true. Subtly done, um, I guess. But uh, thank you, CMK7. People, people, people. Chris, uh, fantastic. Um, Andrew, yeah, Chris, this CMK7 is, um, I'm not sure if you've seen, as being a patroni, he's the guy that puts together that, that video intro to um, some of our stuff. So, Oh, he, nice. Yeah, really good stuff. He's actually given me another one. I'm just trying to figure out where to, where to put it. Um, but it's a really nifty one with Moon Knight throwing a crescent dart. So thank you so much, Chris, uh, for that. Uh, and also we've got one just in response to one of our retrospective episodes. So this interview occurred all the way back in episode 100, but I re-released it uh, just in case people had missed it. Uh, back. So this was uh, conducted, the, the interview in June 2019 with Doug Mensch. And Dolia uh, writes in and he says, this is so, he or she writes in, this is so awesome. Doug Mensch is a true legend. He's written so many good stories and, of course, created my favourite Marvel character. The 80s run has some unforgettable stories. My favourite are the ones that focused on the side characters like Jean-Paul and Crawley. Such a good world builder. Can't agree more. Uh, mm-hmm. This video deserves more views. Thank you very much. You did a great job. I hope I'll be able to talk with this guy someday. His stories have really impacted me. Yes, thank you, uh, Dolia. Yeah, Doug Mensch was awesome to chat with. Um, I'm hoping to chat with him again uh, at some point. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, yeah, hope again, listeners, if you haven't um, checked it out, just put a search of retrospective episode in your your search bar or something in your podcast yeah, catcher. I, I highly advise anybody listen to the two DID episodes. Uh, mm, yes. I, I, it's been really, really interesting um, as someone interested in uh, the world of mental health to hear someone with uh, DID talking about this stuff, um, especially episode two. I thought a lot of Lena's uh, metaphors and ways that they explained why some of these things make sense and why some of them mm-hmm. really don't I felt it was a uh, really eye-opening and and really well put and uh i really appreciate it's just i don't know it's just so cool seeing a podcast for a superhero comic book character not only affecting people who are dealing with these real mental health issues but drawing in people who are open and they're connected enough to this character to feel open sharing this sort of stuff for Mm. other fans and that moon knight has such a fan base to respectfully be interested in that to begin yeah. with oh, like, that nobody in moon knight thinks it's well i'm sure there's some but 
the, you don't see people in Moon Knight who think the kooky, schizo, wacko stuff is like who he is. That's usually what turns people away. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's it's a really it really speaks to the character itself that that we so highly respect the those aspects of his character um, instead of using it as a, a gimmick or something like that. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, and, and very kind words. Thank you, Drew. Um, yeah, and, and a huge, huge shout-out to Lena. Um, fantastic uh, for putting your hand up and, and really being open to, to sharing your experiences and your knowledge as well. I find it like, you know, if you're a fan, and you don't have to, like if you're a Moon Knight fan, you don't have to be interested in it, but I, I just find that um, it it kind of just enriches and there's, you know, just another part of, you know, the same way that I get interested in uh, Egyptian mythology now because of the whole Conchu aspect. Um, it's right. Just, it's just fun to learn about all this stuff. So um, a really great um, resource there, Lena. So thank you so much. Uh, well, that pretty much wraps our our idle chat for this at the top of the week. Drew, a huge thank you for joining us on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah, before you go, of course... Um, I've got to ask you a couple of questions. The first one, would you be willing to come back later in the week to to chat uh, about a particular comic book? <laughs> it would be my absolute pleasure. <laughs> Excellent. Absolutely <laughs> great. Um, more on that a little bit later as well. But as, as well, Drew, do you have anything that you'd like to, to shout out? Um, I know we were talking a bit before on, offline on uh, potential like, gigs and, and performances. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, under my dance music project, Tombs, um, starting to pick up some tour dates and stuff. I'll be at a festival here in Chicago next weekend um, called Spring Awakening, uh, playing in Pittsburgh October 8th. Um, and then I have dates coming up in, it looks like, Detroit in, in November. I'll be in um, San Antonio, Texas in December. Uh, and hopefully more stuff lining up around there um, for the rest of the year. And then my other project, Lurk, that I do like horror music and, and stuff like that under. Um, I'll have a new five song like mini album, I think, coming out in November. There'll be a cassette tape release for it. So, oh, cassette tape. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like nice. uh, I actually I have two of them out already. Like the this main album I put out, I actually got a whole awesome bunch of glare on there. But yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll yeah, be set tape release for that project sometime in November. Nice. All right. Well, as always, Loonies, if you are interested, uh, why not just hit up a message to, to Drew uh, in the community or, uh, yeah, I'll have some uh, links in the show notes for sure. Yeah, and if anybody ever wants any of the music, you know, I know mm. it's for sale and stuff on Bandcamp, but I have download codes for any any of them, oh. the Patrunis, or not the Patrunis only, any of the Moonies, Loonies. <laughs> well, there you go, Loonies. <laughs> go hit up hit up Drew, you know, Quick Sticks, uh, and, and go listen to some really cool, really cool music uh, that Drew uh, produces and creates as well. Uh, so as mentioned, Drew will be back with us a bit later on for our ish episode 240. It is a... A waning crescent in the sky, and I've had word with Conchu, so don't worry, because uh, we're going to flip it around just to, to scheduling issues. So we're actually doing a waxing crescent for all of you moon files out there. If you want to, you know, come at me that like Ray, what are you doing? A modern run on a waning crescent? I know there are hundreds of you. <laughs> no, no, you're not. There probably no one really actually follows it. Only myself. But we are doing a Jeff Lemire and a Greg Smallwood. Um, issue it will be Moon Knight Volume Eight 
issue 14, Ooh. the last of his run, Death and Birth Part 5. So that should be awesome to chat about, Drew. What an issue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, Loonies, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you a bit later in the week. Drew, thank you so much for, for joining. No problem. Have a good one. Please consider checking out our Into the Night Patreon page on patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. There are plenty of incentives there, like uncut material, bonus episodes, and more, and any contribution will help expand the show. We're sponsored by Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, and you can support his Patreon page at patreon.com slash fringenight27. Also, Tombs by Drew Tombs can be supported via his SoundCloud website on soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z. Drew Tombs also produces horror and sci-fi based music on Lurk Music. That's Lurk Music with a CK. And you can support his music on Bandcamp at lurkmusic.bandcamp.com. We're also sponsored by Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Use the code MOON to get a promo of 20% off any online back issues. Finally, we're part of The Collective, which is an informal network of like-minded podcasters. It's a repository of ideas, and we also like crossing over and supporting each other. Please check out all of these shows in our show notes under The Collective. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Material used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.